0: Hello and welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co host, Robert Zirk. On today's show,
1: Eric Napier Strong, the curator and manager of the Seven Oaks House Museum, joins us to talk about some of the special events going on at one of the oldest surviving homes in Winnipeg.
0: And then we'll hear from Mariana Posderka about her experience with SIP, the Winnipeg Foundation's summer intern, internship program at the Society for Manitobans with Disabilities Foundation.
1: We'll also speak with both Christy Nickel and Christine Ahrens, the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice. They'll join us to talk about a couple of the stories that they've been working on this week.
0: And Noah Ehrenberg joins us in studio to discuss the latest from citizen journalists over at Community News Commons. We've got
1: all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360.
0: Hello and welcome to River City 360. My name is Nolan. I'm sitting with Robert. How's uh how's your week been, sir?
1: You know, it's been a pretty good week. I've enjoyed this week. How about you?
0: It's been not bad. Did you uh view the eclipse on uh, Monday? Did you check out the full solar eclipse here in winnipeg
1: i did not i just watched one of the live streams online and it was pretty spectacular in and of itself how about you did you see uh, it in
0: person no i was uh i wasn't able to catch it live but i did see a lot of photos a lot of videos it was really pretty spectacular and i understand a little later in the show uh christy nickel one of the co-hosts of a winnipeg slice she actually drove 14 hours down to, I believe, Wyoming to watch it right in the uh, in the heart of the United States to see exactly what everyone was talking about. So we're going to learn all about that. We're going to learn about uh, Seven Oaks Museum. We're going to learn about the Manitobans with Disabilities Foundation, or sorry, Society for Manitobans with Disabilities Foundation. And we're going to have Noah Ehrenberg tell us. So a nice full show. We've got lots to, uh, lots to go with today. Uh, but why don't you start things off as we often do with a song, Robert? All
1: right, so put on your dancing shoes. Let's start things off with Chris Montez, and let's dance right here on River City 360. Hey baby. back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today and I am now joined by Eric Napier-Strong. He is the curator manager at the Seven Oaks House Museum and we're going to learn more about the museum and what it offers today. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. The Seven Oaks House was built around 1851-53 so it's over Mm -hmm. 150 years old, one of the oldest buildings in Winnipeg. Could you tell us a little bit more about the house, uh, some of the history behind it, and how the museum got started around that?
2: Yeah, definitely. So Seven Oaks House is actually the oldest home in Winnipeg. Um, It's among the oldest buildings. Um, You know, it was built in 1851 for the Inkster family. Uh, It's probably a familiar name for a lot of people. pretty major street in North Winnipeg is named after them. They're a very prominent family in kind of Winnipeg's early days. But they lived there until about 1912, and then... uh, The home and the land around it were gifted to the city to make a park. Um, So it was all sort of redeveloped. And then in the 1950s, as sort of a community effort, a bunch of people got together and restored it to its original appearance to open it as a community museum for the area, basically. So we're one of the older museums in the city as well. Um, We've been operating since 1958. It's a, a period kind of historic home recreation, so people can step in and kind of visit uh, very much as it would have been in the time the family lived there uh, and get a kind of a picture of life in the early days of Winnipeg for average people.
1: There aren't many places where you can get that perspective from that era that are actually still around and that have been restored in that way. So that's really, really neat. Definitely. The museum is open up until the end of Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot going on between now and then. And one of the major things that is going on are the Spirits of Seven Oaks tours, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, they're very I understand they're very popular. They're already sold out for this year, but there's still a wait list that people can potentially try to uh, to get a spot right.
2: Yeah, that's right. They've been hugely popular, actually. It's been really surprising. Uh, this is our second year running the tours. we We basically doubled our dates this year uh, because they sold out so quickly last year, and we still uh, ran out of tickets much faster than we kind of hoped. You know, they're sort of, I guess, a a ghost or paranormal focused historical walking tour. Um, So we visit a few sites in the neighborhood that have sort of a spooky paranormal history. um, And then we also return to the museum and actually do a tour by candlelight, basically. It's all at night. We relate stories of hauntings and strange events at the museum because it does have quite a history of this kind of thing. It's all lit by candlelight, much as it would have been when the time the family lived there, so people get the opportunity to kind of step back and experience it as it was while we relate these stories. So it's a partnership with a local author named Matthew Comus. Uh, he wrote the Haunted Winnipeg book, which is pretty popular in the city. He tours with us and he leads the walk, It's sort of a programming sort of thing that he does downtown, visiting a lot of haunted locations. And we wanted to kind of bring it into some of the other communities in the city. We saw an opportunity to, you know, bring it into North Winnipeg and let people experience you know these kind of historical stories about their own community too. You know the museum has a bit of a reputation. Uh, some people call it the oldest haunted house in the city. You know whether that's true or not is sort of up to what you choose to believe but the stories have been around for years. You know having a, an imposing ancient house in the neighborhood kind of prompts people to start imagining and talking about it. So we kind of explore that but it's not just storytelling based it's very much grounded in the history of the house in the area. So for us it's kind of a way to get different audiences engaged with the museum, people who maybe might not think of coming to the museum, might not realize that they are interested in this history. It's sort of a way to get them engaged and, uh, you know, appreciate their heritage in a way too.
1: When I was reading up on the on the Spirits of Seven Oaks tours, one thing that uh, that really intrigued me was there's a Seven Oaks connection to the Manhattan Project. Can you speak to that a little bit?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give too—well, I guess it wouldn't be too much of a spoiler since the tickets are pretty much sold out. It's, you know, it's a bit of a, a piece of Winnipeg's history that's not well known. Uh, there was was a famous uh, physicist, basically, a nuclear physicist who lived in the West Kildonan area, very close to the museum on Scotia Street. And he wound up being recruited by the US government during World War II to work on the Manhattan Project. So he was involved in developing the atomic bomb. He had a reputation for being a bit of a cowboy, let's say. He wore cowboy boots and jeans in you know a 1940s military facility, so it's a little out there. Um, and he had a sort of a reputation for very dangerous experiments. I don't want to go into it in too much depth, but this eventually caught up with him, and he met, let's say, an
1: unfortunate end. Quite the interesting story. So if people want to check out the tours, how can they get on the waiting list to try and secure a spot? The best way would
2: be to check us out on Facebook. Just look up Seven Oaks House Museum. Uh, We have an event page for the tours. Um, We're selling tickets through uh, a page called Eventbrite. There's a link on the Facebook page, and then you can uh, join the wait list for the date you're interested in. Uh, we're sort of we're exploring possibly adding one more date, uh, but it's very tentative. So if people want to just follow the event on Facebook, then they can get updates if uh, if more tickets do
1: open up. Excellent. So yeah. if this is something that w- might interest you, be sure to check out the uh, the Eventbrite page uh, via the Seven Oaks House Museum on Facebook and you might have the opportunity to go and check out quite an interesting tour. Mm-hmm. But that's not all that's going on at the museum. There's a lot of different things that are happening. The museum provides uh, guided tours and there's programming going up until uh, Labor Day weekend Mm -hmm. and uh, this Saturday there's a a barbecue going on. Tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, we have a a free community barbecue on actually on Sunday, um, August 27th. So it'll be going from about 1 until 4 p.m. It's an event being hosted by our local MP, uh, the Honorable Marianne Mahajchuk. So we're going to be sort of hosting the event at the museum. There will be bison burgers, Ukrainian sausages, all kinds of good local food options. Uh, We'll have music, we'll have historical reenactors, and obviously tours of the museum will be offered as well. So it's sure to be a good time. Wonderful. We do have one other event coming up that people might be interested in, especially those who've missed out on the ghost walks. Um, As sort of an extension of that, we've been working with a group called the Winnipeg Paranormal Group. Uh, So they're actually a group of paranormal investigators who We'll investigate reports of kind of supernatural activity. And they're hosting almost, a, I'd call it an intro to paranormal investigation workshop at the museum. So we have two dates coming up in September for this. People again get the opportunity to come in, hang out at the museum until about midnight by candlelight, and the investigators will kind of, again, share some of this history, some of these stories, and introduce people to the methods they can use to find out more. It's a little. Maybe unorthodox for museum programming, but again, it's uh, you know a fun way for people to get involved with that history from kind of a different angle.
1: And if people just want to check out the museum in general and uh, and maybe go on a tour of the building, how can people get more information or uh, find out more? Um, I mean,
2: you know, again, checking out our Facebook page is usually the best way to stay updated. Um, but the museum is open from ten thirty a.m. till four thirty p.m. seven days a week up until uh, Labor Day, so that's September fourth this year. So people can drop in anytime. We always have guided tours available. Um, admission is by donation, uh, so there's no set cost.
1: Very cool. So um, if anyone wants to check out any of the uh, Seven Oaks House Museum's programming, or if you'd just like to go and check out the museum for yourself, you can visit the Seven Oaks House Museum page on Facebook, and the address is uh, 50 Mac Street at the corner of Mac and Rupert's Land Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Eric Napier-Strong, the curator and manager of Seven Oaks House Museum. Thank you so much again for joining me and sharing information about the Seven Oaks House Museum.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Thanks, Robert. And thank you, Eric Napier-Strong, curator and manager of the Seven Oaks House Museum. Really enjoyable interview there. Thank you so much. Coming up next, we've got our conversation with Mariana Pozdurka from the SMD Foundation. But first, we've got Vanity Fair with Early in the Morning, right here on RC360.
3: Something in the early morning meadow Tells me that today you're on your way And you'll be coming home i yeah. yeah.
4: Society for Manitobans with Disabilities Foundation with Mariana Pozdierka. She is part of the summer internship program through the Winnipeg Foundation, and uh, she's here to talk to us about her experience here at SMD. So let's talk about what your,
5: your internship has been like so far. I've taken on the role of uh, marketing slash communications and research assistant here at the SMD Foundation. So part of that has been writing stories for the SMD newsletter, and that would include something from as simple as going out and interviewing someone, taking pictures, and then creating that final product. I've also worked on the newsletter template, and um, within marketing, it had the opportunity to do a lot of social media marketing. So you've been doing a lot of different things.
4: That's really great. And do you see any of these translating into? what you want to do in the future.
5: So that's really interesting because um, my career plans have nothing to do with business or communications or marketing. Um, I actually want to go into the faculty of pharmacy. So I think, though, that... Any time that you get to interact with people, that's very helpful for a career, especially a career that a pharmacist would have when you have to help people all the time. I find that writing the stories for the newsletter and having to interview individuals has really helped me learn how to connect with people.
4: Um, How did you
5: find out about the summer internship program? So I was part of the Youth and Philanthropy program at my school since I was in grade 10. And at the end of every single year, our inter-school representatives um, say, well, oh, there's the summer internship program. And I kind of didn't really um, listen to that until the, the last year. And so when I heard about the program, um, I don't know why, but in grade 12, it really, really stuck out to me. Um, would you recommend
4: the summer internship program and even in the youth and philanthropy program to others? Absolutely.
5: I find that it's a really great way to really grow roots in this city. So I'm really grateful that the Winnipeg Foundation has this program. And I'm really grateful that the Society for Manitobans with Disabilities Foundation has been a part of it.
1: Thank you very much to Mariana Pozdurka for speaking with us today. And if you'd like to learn more about the SMD Foundation, you can visit smd.mb.ca.
0: Now we just heard Christy Nickel, one half of the co-hosts for A Winnipeg Slice, Uh, her interview with Mariana, and we're going to learn a little bit more about what's going to be coming up this week on A Winnipeg Slice, where we are going to be joined by Christy and Christine Ahrens, the co-hosts, right after this musical break. But before the girls come into the studio, we're going to hear the Ames Brothers with Summer Sweetheart, right here on (laughs) RC360.
6: A summer sweetheart Left to cry When summer Laughter's gone And Tell me That you need me Say I'm not A summer Sweetheart
0: Welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio by Christy Nichol. She is one half of a Winnipeg Slice and friend of the show and contributor to the show. Christy, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thanks for having me again.
0: So at the top of the show, I asked Robert if he viewed this Monday's solar eclipse, and I understand that you went actually down right into the heart of the United States of America in Wyoming to, uh, to see sort of the eclipse in its full glory so tell me a little bit about that
4: that's right yeah i saw i went to casper wyoming it was a beautiful place down there now
0: why did you specifically choose casper wyoming <laughs>
4: well we were supposed to go to nebraska but we ended up looking at the weather and kind of seeing that it was supposed to be rainy and cloudy and oh, okay. what's the point in driving 10 hours to <laughs> nebraska to see the solar eclipse if it's going to be covered anyway good call, by clouds. Good call. so we were checking it out and uh, figured casper wyoming is three hours further let's go there Um, it was supposed to be full on sun. It was full on sun and it was, it was great. So it was a perfect day for a full eclipse.
0: So I didn't watch the eclipse live here in Winnipeg, but I did see some videos. I understand Winnipeggers only got to see about 70% of the eclipse. So was the extra, I mean, you were driving, you drove for 26 hours there and back. Was that extra 30% worth it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I cool. would do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, it's a once in a lifetime thing. And, and if you're lucky, you get to maybe see it twice, but mm-hmm. you never know these days where life's going to take you. So I figured the opportunity presented itself. I said, heck yeah, let's do it. And, and I didn't look back. So it might be the only time I experience it. If it is, I get to see, say that I saw it in full. In
0: its full glory, in for its sure. Full
4: glory, and between the five of us, we only had one pair of safe viewing glasses for oh. this, and I would still do it so just, in that situation. You're so. passing
0: them back and forth. And yeah. Okay, you look now, and you look. Yeah, it cool. was great.
4: It was it was very much worth it.
0: So, what was the most interesting, most shocking, most kind of valuable part of the experience?
4: So, there was actually a lot that was pretty shocking to me. So, we were we were pulled over on the side of this Wyoming highway, and there are people all around that that add to the noise. But once the moon was fully covered. Everything was silent and it was like all the movement had stopped. All the breathing had stopped and nature had stopped. It was Mm. just so quiet. And you could hear, you can hear that e- eeriness that you're going to hear in the, in the recording that I put together, uh, from this. Um, and you'll also hear right at the beginning that somebody says it's gone down seven degrees. And that was the other really crazy part of it. It was a very hot day. It was probably 28 degrees outside. And when the full eclipse actually happened, it got so cold. You'll even hear me say that I have goosebumps. Whoa,
0: cool. you you felt the, you felt the chill. Yeah. Very oh, yeah. interesting. Okay, well, let's hear what you've uh, put together for us. Okay, it's going um, down seven degrees.
1: Yeah, it's intense. It feels like everyone's got sort of like a different sort of tone. Mm-hmm.
7: I don't feel like I've ever felt this type of light.
0: Oh my flat? God! Like Are this me? is this is, is seriously really this is magical lighting.
7: Yeah, it's everything weird. is so flat. Wow, oh. like, the richness that you get with a beautiful sunset. This is like everything's so drained. Yeah, just seems ooh eerie.
8: So weird.
7: Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> this is outrageous. Oh! Oh my god! It's oh, Do you so see cool. the ring on the other side?
1: Right there it is. That's Oops,
4: the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, look at it! It looks like a sunset. Oh,
1: that's amazing! Holy cow! Just look at it.
7: <laughs> look at that sunset. Wow.
0: It's Isn't that stunning? It's like 360. It's amazing. You can see stars. Look, there's a star. Oh
1: wow. That's incredible. Look at this. God.
7: Look at it. Look at behind cam. Look how stunning and orange oh my that is. God. <laughs>
1: It's
2: getting so much See the red? Up. That's from uh, the little flares
4: of the sun. Okay, now don't look. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back. Can I see? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that that little, little sliver's making this much light right yeah, now. Yeah, it is so bright and it got, it happened so fast. So fast.
1: What in its back already? That was the coolest thing I've ever I seen. I didn't expect to have that response to it.
4: <laughs> oh my God. Are you crying, Cam? <laughs> that was amazing.
1: And it's so weird because now it's still like cold. <laughs> it's like,
4: it's, it's actually so cold chilly. like I have goosebumps. Wow. The world is new. It feels like the world is just
9: new. Oh. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> that
3: was 100% actually, worth it. actually, I feel like we oh just reset.
4: Done, mm-hmm, reset. Mm-hmm, just a little, start fresh. A little yeah. I don't wanna
0: I don't want to wait till I'm like 60, whatever, to see that again. Oh, I feel we're like it Chili, like Chili, two years. We um, go to
1: Chili in two years. Guys, let's go. Oh my be, god, let's go to Chile. Let's, let's become yeah. eclipse chasers. Should <laughs> we do
4: that all <laughs> yes, let's do it, let's do it. Let's everybody yeah. do We're it. making a pact, put it in. Doing it, Chili, two Chili, years. Bring
0: it in, Cam. <laughs> so the group's reaction makes it sound like everything happened really fast so what was the change to the light and the heat and everything really as fast as that as the recording made it seem
4: yeah so you heard here at one moment that they're talking about how you it's, it's so dark you can see stars mm. and then at the next moment they're saying how bright it is it's actually wild how fast it happened the whole thing took about Um, 1.5 hours from start to finish but uh, the time just before and just after full coverage seemed like we weren't actually looking at real life but actually at a time lapse
0: or something. Very cool I like the part where they everyone makes a pack to chase the eclipse and to to even go to Chile to see it again.
4: Yeah, if possible to see it again in two years, Um, it's supposed to be in Chile. I will I would definitely travel all that way to do it again.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you very much for putting that together for us. Uh, Congratulations on seeing such a cool thing and (laughs) and having it actually not be uh, cloud covered after the 13 hour drive. Uh, Maybe we'll tech. We'll talk about how the uh, next North American one is going to be in 2024. So, uh, yeah, make sure you have all five pairs of glasses for everyone before they're sold out again. Good. Chris Nichol is one half of A Winnipeg Slice. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Coming up after the break, we'll speak with Christine Ahrens, the other half of A Winnipeg Slice, to learn about what she's been working on this week. But before we get to that, since we were just talking about the eclipse, why not uh, Mel Torme with Don't Let That Moon Get Away right here on RC360.
8: It's one of those nights for adventure We ought to be recklessly gay If you feel it too, whatever you do Don't let that moon get away Your eyes have a way of revealing The things that your lips want to say Let's take a chance, we may find romance Don't let that moon get away Don't let this meeting adjourn And don't be so ready to go For now is the right time to learn What every young heart should know These moments don't happen so often It doesn't seem right to delay So if you're inclined, make up your mind Don't let that moon, let that moon, let that moon get away We ought to be recklessly gay Don't let that moon get away The things that your lips want to say Don't let that moon get away Don't let this meeting adjourn And don't be so ready to go For now is the right time to learn What every young heart should know These moments don't happen so often It doesn't seem right to delay So if you're inclined, make up your mind Don't let that moon, let that moon, let that moon Don't let that moon, let
10: that moon, let that moon get away
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio by Christine Aaron. She's one half of a Winnipeg Slice, and she's our weekly sports reporter this week. Christine, (laughs) thanks for joining us.
7: It's good to be here. So
0: the River City 360 Sport Report, what have you got for us this week?
7: Well, I got to speak with Michael Champagne, and he's an organizer of AYO, which is the Aboriginal Youth Opportunities, and he's actually involved with helping more kids in inner city and the West End and just kids throughout Winnipeg, getting them to play more sports through a campaign they called 100 basketballs.
0: 100 basketballs is a month-long campaign that gives us an opportunity as Winnipeg to
7: show inner-city kids how much their activities and health matters to us. Leonard Monkman's been heading that fundraiser with the help of Michael Champagne at AYO. It's actually his third year doing it and they've raised 200 basketballs the first year, they raised 300 basketballs the second year, and so it's been pretty successful so far and Michael actually told me how he's been able to actually see the changes in the community after these campaigns.
0: It's really fun seeing uh, the days, especially the week, immediately following the event, uh, being in and around the neighborhood. You see so many uh, sporting equipment and kids out there playing together with their friends, with their families, being active, and it's just really beautiful to see.
7: So since it's such a success each year and it makes such a positive impact on the community, Chris Classio decided that he wants to start up another campaign called 100 Soccer Balls.
0: So 100 Basketballs, 100 Soccer Balls. It's just the, the, it sounds like the whole idea is just to get as many kids with as much sports equipment as possible.
7: Exactly. And it's actually running at the same time as the 100 Basketballs, which has been these last few weeks. And it's created this kind of friendly competition between the two sports, uh, trying yeah. to see who, which sport does Winnipeg like better, soccer or basketball?
0: so how's it been going so far
7: pretty good Uh, Winnipeg has donated 151 basketballs and 183 soccer balls so maybe we're leaning a little more towards soccer interesting but we're still hoping to get some more donations before the weekend because that's when this whole campaign wraps up but they are really looking for new clothes or gently used clothes shoes shorts anything like that so that the kids feel comfortable when they're playing these sports for
0: sure that's a very interesting initiative fantastic work done by AYO Um, so where can people go if they have Some items that they like to donate.
7: Yeah, there's actually a bunch of jump drop-off sites all over the city. Uh, Dakota Community Centers, one, Turtle Island Neighborhood Center, uh, but you can actually find that list at ayomovement.com. They'll tell you everywhere you can go to drop off some sport equipment, but you actually only have a couple days left before it's time to give the kids their new equipment. Um, this Saturday and Sunday is the Family Fun Day event, and that's wrapping up the entire campaign. Saturday is a soccer tournament from 12 until 3 at the U of W Health and Rec Plex Center, and then Sunday is the basketball tournament at 4 30 from 12 until 4 so if you have any items or you want to just check out some fun uh basketball or soccer games just head over that way
0: very interesting awesome so any gently new or used shoes and shorts basketballs or soccer balls go to ayomovement.com for more information christine aarons thank you so much with this wonderful river city 360 sport report and uh yeah we'll talk to you next week
7: thanks so much for having me
0: Thanks, Christine. And thanks again to Christy and Christine, the co-hosts of Winnipeg Slice. You can hear them every Monday to Friday at 8.38 a.m. and 5.38 p.m. for all sorts of interesting stories about things that are happening right here in Winnipeg. Coming up after
1: the break, Noah Ehrenberg will join us in studio to discuss the latest in citizen journalism from community journalists at CNC, Community News Commons. But before we get to that, here is Teresa Brewer with You Send Me right here on River City 360.
11: At first, I thought it was infatuation, but
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio as we are almost every week, if we can get him. He's a, he's a hot get. Noah Ehrenberg from Community News Commons. Thank you for joining us again, sir.
12: Thank you for that great introduction. Oh, well,
0: much deserved. So almost every week here on RC360, we have you on the show to talk a little bit about what people are writing on Community News Commons. Now, Community News Commons is the citizen journalism project here in Winnipeg, and what that means is anyone... Any citizen of this great city can write about any topic they want, and you'll help give them editorial guidance and just help them tell the stories of our community. So uh, give give me some examples of what types of stories people are writing on CNC this week.
12: Well, there's all kinds of stories. You go to communitynewscommons.org and take a look. Uh, There's usually about two or three stories that are published every day. One story that I thought our audience would be interested in is about the Canada Pension Plan benefit mm. and um, the fact that it is going to be reworked. That's what the government uh, has told us. But the issue is just how is that going to affect people and who will benefit from an expanded Canada pan- Canada Pension Plan benefit. And it looks like, according to uh, Robert Brown, who is a he's an expert um, with the Evidence Network, and we tend to sometimes we are able to um, publish some of the Evidence Network dot uh, stories and one of the and this one by Robert Brown, who is a retired actuarial scientist, he kind of crunches the numbers and it doesn't look all that good for people who are low income or middle uh, income earners. Mm. It looks like uh, middle income and low um, income workers
0: may not benefit that much, and those that might benefit will be governments and high income earners. Well, yeah, like why would they change things up if it wasn't to save the government money, right? Like it just seems like a fishy kind of a deal
12: well it's still being worked out and it is still uh, in terms of how far along it is it's relatively new in terms of uh, government policy i mean it was really just as recently as june of last year that the federal and provincial finance ministers agreed to expand the canada pension plan so Hmm. um it's such a a a recent event that uh, in government terms that many of the details of benefit settlements costs and um Investment uh, criteria are still not known. So Robert Brown is is uh, he's taking sort of the best guess, and uh, he's hoping that this will kind of generate a lot of discussion about this subject uh, going forward because it is a concern. You know, for people who work, you know, their whole lives, right. and uh, you know, they're relying upon their CPP at the end of their mm-hmm. career. If um, you know, if it's not there, it is a real concern. And so um, you know, we have a system that um, is there for workers. Uh, But it really needs to be there, as Robert explains in his uh, piece, for low income workers Mm -hmm. uh, in order to make, um, you know, in order for it to make uh, full sense for uh, for Canadian workers. And for that to
0: go as well as possible, the best thing to do would be get informed about it, understand what the policy changes might be and and express what you think it should be, because, uh, you know. Yeah, the absolutely. will of the people is what's important.
12: For sure. And I'd encourage our listeners to check out this story by Robert Brown on communitynewscommons.org called Who Will Benefit from Expanded Canada Pension Plan Benefit? And then, um, you know, write
0: your MP yeah. and uh, tell them what you think. Get involved. That's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. So you never really know what's going to be published on Community News Commons. But one thing that has been kind of consistent since the the dawn of the site is, is uh, concert reviews and and photos and things of that nature. And since summer's kind of starting to wrap up, there are still festivals happening, but I understand there's still a lot of great reviews that are being written and, and posted on CNC. Yeah,
12: that's one of the things about Community News Commons over the last few years that has really been a successful part of the project is the number of uh, citizen reporters who like to go out and do uh, different concert reviews, take photos at, at, at concerts, go to different festivals. And, uh, you know, Doug Kretschmer, he takes a lot of photos mm-hmm. and he does some reviews. But Anne Martin, uh, also known as Ticket Momster, uh, she has been doing reviews for uh, quite a long time now. It's been a couple of years that she's been doing it and then she's been... Um, also offering those reviews to CNC for re- republishing on our site. And uh, she just did a great review of the Interstellar Rodeo that happened at the Forks um, this past weekend. Beck. Yes, indeed. The Beckster. Well, she sure has a lot of very interesting stuff to say about Beck and of, and, and Beck's connection to Winnipeg. Did oh, you know yeah. that he has a connection to Winnipeg? I did not. Well, it's very interesting. If uh, I, I would encourage our listeners to go to communitynewscommons.org. Check out... And Martin's review about the concert, the Interstellar Rodeo Concert, and the headliner, Beck. Beck, apparently, he says, uh, I won't give it all away, but Mm -hmm. he says that his family, uh, it it was sort of a uh, great-grandparent. Okay. Uh, came from Winnipeg. Very cool. And was actually I had no a, idea. may have been a streetcar driver.
13: Wow. In downtown Winnipeg. Very cool. So
12: and there's more details and yeah. he 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 goes on. I mean there's a few quotes that um Anne has um taken from the concert where Beck does talk about this and cool. talks about he may be related to some people in the audience. So oh, wow. it's 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 a lot of fun. And you know the thing about Anne's reviews that I really love is that she's so authentic and uh, she is so Uh, sincere when it comes to how she feels Mm -hmm. about a concert about music that it's just such a breath of fresh air to read her reviews you can also find her reviews on her facebook page which is ticket momster is the is the facebook page and at the end of every review we put a little link to her facebook page so that people can go check out some other reviews but she has really done a terrific job reviewing a lot of concerts a lot of festivals that come to town and uh, I have nothing but great things to say about Ann Martin and her writing style. And uh, I think our listeners would really enjoy uh, checking out some of the stuff that she reviews. So go to communitynewscommons.org. Check out uh, Ann Martin's review on uh, the Interstellar Rodeo. The name of the
0: article is Stellar Performers Shine Brightly at This Year's Rodeo. The best reviews, whether you agree with the critic or not, mm-hmm. are honest from the heart speaking honestly no no bs you know that's kind of the best review so Anne always knocks it out of the park when yeah, it comes to she that she really does and and she does a lot of different types of concerts so there's mm-hmm. rock there's right, jazz right, right. there's you know like it's, it's she say, did the uh, red hot chili peppers one a while back you know you wouldn't think that the the mom in, in, the, in <laughs> anyone would be going but that's awesome for Anne to do
12: yeah and it's a, it's uh like i say, she's a great writer uh, a lot of fun to read and uh, I would really encourage our listeners to check out some of her work on communitynewscommons.org.
0: So keeping with the music theme, at, our, at the end of our time together, we've asked you to bring a song that maybe our listeners haven't heard. So if they haven't heard a Beck song at the Interstellar Rodeo, but sometimes we, we get uh, some local music. So what have you got for us this week?
12: Well, this week I'd like to feature a band called Kasati. It's a, a local band. They uh, are comprised of uh, three performers, Grace Harabi, Jesse Popeski, and Quentin Bart, and they have a terrific sound. They have a couple albums. They will be at this weekend's festival, Shine On Festival of Music and Art, which is uh, happening over in Beaver Creek Park uh, near Cary, Manitoba. So I would uh, recommend that if you want to check Casati out, uh, go to Shine On Festival, but they will also be... Uh, Racing over to the Morden Corn and Apple Festival, I believe, which is um, uh, going to be on Saturday night at 8 p.m. is when uh, Cassati will be performing. They are a trio that released their first album called Afraid of Heights in 2013 under the solo name Grace Harabi. And they released their debut album, There Will Be Days as Cassati in March 2017. So I'd like to feature this tune from There Will Be Days. It's, the name of the tune is called There Will Be Days, and this is by Cassati. And you're listening to River City 360 with Robert and Nolan Bicknell here on 93.7 CJNU. <laughs>
10: Try to make My happiness. A million years it seems have gone by since we shared our dreams, but I'll hold you again.
6: skies are gray
10: or blue, any place on earth will do, just as long as I'm with you, my
0: was lucille star with my happiness and before that dave clark five with because nolan and robert here with you on river city 360 thank you so much for spending your thursday with us or if it's the repeat show your saturday morning with us we really appreciate your time we've got time for one last song before we say goodbye for today uh how about cliff richard with summer holidays right here on river city 360 <laughs>
9: Everybody has a summer holiday Doing things they always wanted to So we're going on a summer holiday To make our dreams come true For me and you.
0: That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to all of our guests and, and all of our contributors who helped with today's show.
1: If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website. You can go to rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org.
0: River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation, in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: If you'd like to comment on any of the stories that you heard on the show today, if there is a local event that you think would be something that we should cover here on the show, or if there's just a song that would brighten your Thursday afternoon or Saturday morning, please give us a call. We would love to hear your feedback. You can send us an email at rivercity360, that's the numbers 360, at wpgfdn.org. You can also give us a call on our listener line. It's open 24-7, so just leave a message. It's 204 9474 extension 360. Again, the number to our listener line, give us a call, we'd love to hear your feedback, is 204 944 9474 extension 360.
0: You can also find us online via Twitter or Facebook by searching at River City 360 on Twitter and River City 360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.